Welcome to Becoming. This is episode 121, Boldly Protecting Your Routines and Boundaries with Jessica Frew. Welcome to Becoming, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. We are your hosts, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. Welcome back to Becoming Today. We have a wonderful interview for you. We're excited to talk to Jessica Frew. Jessica runs a podcast called Husband-in-Law with her current husband and her ex-husband, which I find incredibly beautiful and fascinating. It's been really fun for me to discover this and watch their dynamic and how it works and the love between them all. But Jessica really has an incredible story, and she's learned so much from her experiences, and she has a gift for teaching others what she's learned. I just adore her. Jessica, welcome to Becoming today. Hi. Thanks for having me, ladies. And we just found out that she lives near us, so we are so excited. We have to clearly meet up. We just realized this yesterday or something. Uh, 100%. We are going to be in real life soon. (laughs) Yes, for sure. So today, we're going to be talking about routines and boundaries. And this is actually a concept that I have only recently considered to be something that I should pay attention to. I hadn't really, I've heard of boundaries. I've had times when I've been like, yeah, you need to have your boundaries. But I've never realized how important that is um, until recently. I've, I've heard some people talking about this topic. And so I'm super excited to learn more from you about this topic. And Tani and I have learned about your story a bit, but why don't you share a little bit about your story and then we can kind of talk more about the topic. So, Sounds great. So my, I feel like my real story starts <laughs> when I married my ex-husband and we were married for seven years. And right before we got married, he informed me that he had issues with pornography and some things like that. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like we can work through that. And also that's probably where my real boundary <laughs> setting knowledge started. Um, and I had set boundaries before that, but where I really came to understand them. And we'll get into that more along the way. But we were married for about six months when I realized it wasn't just pornography. It was gay porn. And I was like, okay, my husband is probably gay. He at that point had not come to terms with it. But uh, he, it was like a year and a half later when he was in counseling and things that he was like, okay. The counselor told him, yes, pornography is an issue. Yes, you're struggling with these other things. But the real issue is, is that you're gay. This is where all of these issues are stemming from. So you need to understand and accept this part of yourself so you can move forward. So that was about a year and a half into our marriage. Um, Neither of us wanted to leave the marriage. We were both raised in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We were active. um, And he had never considered this a path for him, right? We were both in this very conservative Christian church. And so he's like, I'm happy. We're doing the things we should. Let's keep going. And I was totally okay with that too. We had a great marriage. And because we were able to share about these things that were going on and who he really was, he, I was the one person that knew who he was. We were able to connect really well. We had a really deep relationship. Um, We stayed married. We went through a whole infertility thing in that time. And about five years into our marriage, we were blessed with a little baby girl. And she is now 11, which just blows my mind. But um, 
We were married for about another two years when Steve had an affair. Uh, He was just struggling to love that side of himself and to understand how that all fit in. And he was so conflicted. And I watched him go through this. And so it wasn't like shocking. Um, It hurt that he had the affair and all these things. But also I had kind of prepared myself that this might be something we go through, that divorce was probably something that might happen. Um, It wasn't out of, it was more of a possibility than I'd ever thought it would be in my life. And so we had the affair and we, we tried to work through it. We spent a couple of months trying to work through this and it was a mess. We were a complete disaster. He was totally confused about what he wanted, where he wanted to go in life. Um, and so we divorced. We dated again after we got divorced, which is nutso, <laughs> but also very important for us to figure out what we wanted and to make sure we'd made the right decision and understood how our relationship could look going forward. Um, I have since remarried. And as you guys said, we co-host a podcast together. My ex-husband actually works for my husband now. And I should say my ex-husband's name is Steve because I will probably use his name. My husband's name is Matt. Um, And we all get along. And that was like my one thing when I went into divorce is I was like, okay, what, what's my fear behind this? What's keeping me scared? And how can I move past that? What can I do to help me move past that? What boundaries do I need to set? What routines do I need to get in? Um, And really it was just the fear that my daughter would have to have these two parents that couldn't be together. They couldn't coexist. They couldn't show up at her graduation, at her birthdays and all of these things. And so I really dove into that. And I was like, okay, if that is what I really want, if I want to be able to have her feel comfortable and safe at all those things and not worried about what mom is going going on with mom and dad, then I need to let go of my fears. I need to embrace this new relationship and figure out how that works for us. And so that's kind of what we've done. And I am so grateful that I married a man who also embraces that and is willing to be open to that. And I always say that my remarriage has been much harder than my divorce for me. It's been a whole difficult process in becoming, I am a stepmom now. I have two stepkids and understanding my roles there and also understanding my role with Matt's ex and all of those things. It is really hard. And I always, my heart goes out to people who are in their second marriage and who are uh, trying to figure all those things out. And I understand completely now why second marriage is have even a higher divorce rate than first marriages. It's just hard and it's real. Uh, But there are lots of things we can do to protect ourselves. And one of those things is listening to ourselves, understanding what we need and creating boundaries and schedules and routines around that. Amazing. I seriously feel like you reaching out is the biggest gift for me, you know, to be here and to learn from you. It's like my own personal therapy session because I've just recently been through a divorce myself. So thank you for sharing what you've learned. And I feel so much love and compassion and maturity in your story. And it's just such a beautiful thing and something we can all, no matter what we're going through, but in the different relationships in our lives. A hundred percent. So why do you think routines are important for our boundaries? How does that, how do those work together really? Yeah, it's interesting because I just recently kind of started putting the two together um, because they really can go hand in hand. And I think, you know, as, and I was thinking back to my teen years, you know, of those things that I did. And really for me, it was based a lot around routine and understanding 
what things made me comfortable and didn't and where I felt uncomfortable and then protecting those things. And often routines protect our boundaries, not 100%, but they get to influence those. And one of the things also I want to say is boundaries, when we hear that word, we often think that that's a way to shut out relationships, but really it's a way to make relationships work. This isn't about saying, hey, I don't want to engage with you. Hey, I like can't do these things. Like even marriages, any relationship, has boundaries. Friendships, all of them should have boundaries for them to be healthy. And they look different, of course. Like my boundaries with my ex-husband, people think, oh, there's no boundaries there. You guys, no boundaries. But there are boundaries and that is why the relationship works. That is why it functions is because my ex-husband knows what those boundaries are. My husband knows what those boundaries are and we discuss them and understand where the other one isn't comfortable. And as we embrace routines and understand ourselves, those routines help us to, like I said, protect the boundaries because we can then understand, okay, I get to do this thing because it's what feels right for me. And so I'm not giving myself away to somebody else. Um, And I get to schedule that time for myself. I get to schedule those things that I need so that I get to show up better in my other relationships. So how did you create those boundaries? Did you, you know, talk to a counselor like, oh, what's appropriate in the situation? Or did you just kind of dump what was in your mind and what you were worried about and your fears? And how, how did you create that? Boundaries to me are really about listening and trusting that inner voice. It's all of the things that we hear definitely impact that, right? We're raised in different religions. We're raised in different cultures. We're raised all sorts of things influence our beliefs and how we show up to the world. And they also influence what we think we should do, how we Mm -hmm. should live life. And really, while that's important, and yes, there are things that we should do that we embrace, there are also other things that we feel like we should do that we need to let go. In order to know which works for us, we have to be open to listening to that inner voice. And we start to lose that. We stop listening usually in our teens because we are wanting to conform. We want to have friends. We want to be all of these things. We want to just be included, which is real. We still want that as adults. Um, but it's very in your face when you're in junior high and high school and all of these things. And you start to lose that. You, you stop listening to who you are and you start conforming to what it is everybody else is doing. Um, and then we lose ourselves. We lose that part of us. And so boundaries, well, yes, I think journaling and counseling and all of those things can help us figure out what those are because it's diving in to our own inner voice and listening to ourselves. Wow, that's so insightful. I We talk a lot about that time in our teens and how a lot of things really start to become more intense and stuff like that, but that makes so much sense that we really stop really listening to ourselves because we are trying so hard to make sure that we're not going to be hurt by other people not accepting ourselves. And so we're listening so much to those outside voices, which is why those teen years can be so difficult because we feel so looked in on, even though not everyone's paying attention to everything we do, we're so yeah. nervous about that. And so that's so insightful. I really, I really like that thought. I have never thought of it in that way before. Well, and one of the things you said there is we're, we're afraid of getting hurt, right? We're afraid of what is somebody going to do to me? And I actually just had to talk to my daughter about this last night. But it's that idea that the more we embrace who we are and understand and are true to that, live into that, first of all, the less likely we are to be hurt, right? Because we know who we are and realize that 
what this other person is saying or doing does not impact who we are, our value, our self-worth. It's their own opinion. And while, yes, it may hurt, it's easier to let go of. It's easier to move forward. But in doing that as well, we open up this idea that other people get to come be themselves too. And the more we're ourselves, the more people are drawn into us. And as teens, it's hard to see that and understand that. But the more you do it and... Um, and accept that and open yourself up to saying, hey, this is who I am, the more people feel comfortable being themselves. And they they want that safety and protection because that's what they're looking for, right? We're all looking for that safety and security. And then they start seeing that, oh, this person, this person doesn't care that I am this way. They, they're open to that. And so I can go be with them and feel safe. And it kind of creates this, this bubble and this ripple effect of allowing people to be themselves and create more security and safety for ourselves and for others. I was just going to ask if you could maybe help us define what you mean by routine. Cause when we're talking about routines, like I'm immediately thinking about like my morning routine or, you know, what I do to get ready for bed. Like, I think that there's more to this than just those types of things. So maybe what does that look like? What are we, what are you really re referring to when you talk about routines? Yeah. So routines can be those things, right? They can be um, these things that we do every night, every morning, uh, throughout the day to help us feel our best selves. And I do believe that there's a lot of power in routines um, for everybody. I don't think that we need to get so strict in them that when we go outside of the routine, it's like, oh my gosh, my world's falling apart. But embrace it. Some days the routine doesn't work. And some days that's okay. Like yesterday I was having an off day. I laid by the pool for like an hour and then I worked outside and just did whatever felt good to me because I knew I was having an off day and realized that, you know, that's okay. That's important too, that I recognize those things. But I was thinking about routines as a teenager as well. And I think I had more structure and routines than I realized, but didn't actually understand that. Like I had routines for journaling and reading my scriptures, which I don't know if that's normal for teens or not. I would probably say it's not, but those were very powerful things for me that were very effective in my life. Um, I, and I also had routines like, and this is a big one that I thought of, of when I came home from a date, like when I came home from dates, I always went straight to my mom. And talk to my mom after every date I went on. And for me, that was a life-changing routine. And mm -hmm. I always made sure I was home early enough that I could do that, that there was time I was home so I wouldn't feel like, oh, I can't just go lay with her like, and chat with her. I'm too tired. Um, and she would always be waiting up for me. And I think just having those things that are that you can depend on, those things that feel safe and comfortable to you, allow you to understand yourself better and allow you to embrace like when things get off and you're feeling like, ooh, I'm, I'm not feeling comfortable. I'm feeling like something's not right. You can kind of dive into things to understand, well, was there something different in my life right now? Uh, is it something about my routines that's off? Or is it that there's something deeper? Do I need to change something in my routine that's not working for me? Um, but I think those routines give us an added sense of safety and protection and also help us understand when our boundaries are crossed. Because if something happens, then it's like, okay, I need to, I need to switch my boundary right here. I need to figure out how I can make this work because it's not working for me. What you're saying really reminds me of habits and values. Like we need to understand what matters to us. And it's all coming around to having a sense of identity, who we are. And then creating the values 
and habits that go along with with that. And I think that's super important. Well, so I was thinking about your episode the other day, the I am a child of God episode. And I thought, you know, that's so true. Is It's one of my foundational things that I know about myself is I am a daughter of my heavenly parents who love me and I love them. And honestly, that really determines a lot of the trajectory of what I do in my life. Because one of the things I value is I value loving myself and loving others. And to like, I, I also believe that values are more than just one word, yeah. that it's like a sentence, that it's a, something you can take action on. And so while I value love, and I, I always say I value loving boldly, um, mm-hmm. on top of that, is that I value that other people, like, so I love myself and I love others to create a safe space for them, right? And to create a safe space for myself. And so we, we get to embrace those things. And, um, and when we do know our true identity and start listening to our inner voice, the more our voice speaks to us. And if the way we get to there to listening to our inner voice is really by silencing that noise, right? We have to be willing to silence the outside noises so that we can hear and understand ourselves. And sometimes that feels impossible, especially with social media and the internet and our parents and our friends and our churches and whatever it is that is influencing us at this time. It's really hard to silence all of that noise to hear what is right for us individually. Um, but it is so important. And I see it clearly in you. Not only are you just saying, oh yeah, I value this. You execute it. You love boldly and you do it. And it's clear that I know that I don't know you very well, but it's very clear to me that that's one of your values. You love with the boundaries that you created yeah. and it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. You're, you're doing what feels right to you and it doesn't matter the influences you've learned from all those different areas that you just spoke of. You're doing what feels right to you and I just think that's such a beautiful thing to learn and if we could have really absorbed this as teens, like how many uh, heartaches could we have avoided, you know? Yeah, a ton. And that's why I think there's so much power in speaking to teens um, in that if they can kind of grasp some of these things and start implementing them at a younger age than we did, then they have so much power ahead of them and so many many things they can do. And it really excites me to think of that, to think of the good that they can do by understanding how to listen to their inner voice and to silence the noise around them and all of those things so that they know how to set those boundaries, so that they know how to create routines that work for them and that help their family and future families and whatever, whatever they may do in the future. Um, but really, I, I and when I talk about silencing the noise, one of the things that I think is so important for especially teens to understand is that, you know, social media, we see all these things and there are amazing things on social media that help us to want to do better and to open our minds to new ways of living and doing things. But there's also things that when we're on there, we look at them and we leave somebody's page or feed and we feel like, oh, I can never be that good or I can never live up to that or I can never look this way. I can't um, do all these things. And so we feel ourselves so shame and we can't move forward. And so I encourage people to, when you are on social media, pay attention to those feelings. 
and listen to how you feel when you leave a certain person's page or feed is understand, okay, if, if I'm leaving feeling like inspired, like, oh yeah, that was awesome. Keep following them. Like embrace that. But if I am leaving feeling like, oh my gosh, like I, this is so much to process and I'm feeling overwhelmed. Silence those people. Even if you just put them on mute for a while or unfollow them for a while, you can always go back to them because maybe they are sharing great things, but you're not in a place that you're ready for that. It's too much and that's okay. And so I, and I do this all the time where I'm like, oh my gosh, I should be following this person. They're sharing great information, but I leave their feed feeling like I'm not good enough or uncomfortable with what they're sharing or any of these things, however that feels to you where you're just not feeling uplifted. And I go in and I mute them or, and some of them I unfollow because I'm like, I don't need this ever again. And some of them I mute because I'm like, I probably come back to this person. Um, I'm just not in a place right now where it's serving me. And so I think that's a huge one. And then also when it comes to your parents and your, and your loved ones, like, yes, you need to listen to them, especially as a teen. I think there's so much value but also you need to listen to yourself and understand what it is you want and need. And when you process that, I always encourage people to process those things before talking about them and to talk about them in a situation that's not heated. Um, but then bring things up like, hey, I really feel strongly about this and would like to have a conversation about it, like with parents and loved ones, because I think there is power in that, in um, – bringing up conversations in a manner that is productive to you and your parents, your spouse, whoever you're going to be talking to um, so that you can have those conversations in a true meaningful manner. Because sometimes we get all of these things from everybody coming in. It's too much. I was just talking to my daughter about that last night is, you know, she's, she's having some struggles with her dad which is real. We all do it. And she's like, I just need to talk to him about it. I'm like, that's good. Like, what are you wanting to say to him? How are you wanting to address this thing? Um, I know your dad wants to talk to you about it too. So don't be afraid to talk to him. Like you guys, you can start the conversation and it, it will be okay. Like you guys can work through this. Um, and so I just think there's so much power in, yes, you can take in those opinions and whatever to a point, but also not to the extreme that they, that they silence your voice. Like don't let it silence your voice. I love this. Tani actually helped instruct me on this very thing because I was taking in a lot of parenting stuff and I was, you know, feeling kind of overwhelmed with all the things I wasn't doing perfectly or whatever. And she just kind of reminded me like, look, you are their parent. You know how to do this. And I, I've realized that part of the wonderfulness of the time we live in is you have access to so much information of how to do things in a better way, but you have so much access to so much information. Sometimes it's so much that we can't even hear our own thoughts. And so you do have to have some space for yourself and turn down those things so that you're not overwhelmed with all these other people's instructions there's so much inside of you that helps to guide you and I, I love that you've shared that because it's it's true at any age and that is something that we have to just be careful of and we may rely on other people that are wonderful and helpful and very knowledgeable but we also have been given the gift to be able to guide ourselves and to make some decisions so I love that 
Yeah. Yeah. None of us are the same, right? We're all different. We all have different strengths. So we're all going to parent different. We're all going to do things different in junior high and high school. We're all going to show up to life differently. And that is amazing and beautiful. And so embrace those things you are good at and let go of the things where you're like, I can't do this. Like this is too much. Um, it's okay. You don't have to give yourself permission. It totally reminds me of when I was trying to decide if I should put my son into kindergarten or hold him back. And I just stewed over this. I asked everyone I knew like what they did. I researched what is best for kids at that age, any studies. I've asked teachers. I mean, you name it. The one place I didn't go was inside myself and with my father in heaven. I didn't. I just wanted all the information I could possibly get. And when I just stepped back and thought, I have everything I need right here within me to figure this out. I am his mom and I know his needs. Whether the doctor says this or the teacher says that, it doesn't matter. And I just got on my knees and prayed about it and knew what to do. It's like, why did I spend months of just stewing when truly our inner voice will tell us and direct us what to do. We will be guided by our father in heaven. We will know, but it is, I mean, but also at the same time, I'm all about educating ourselves and yes. just preparing for anything in front of us. It is smart to gather information. It, we, it's necessary. It's part of this mm -hmm. experience here, but don't forget to really listen to what feels right to you. Yeah, I always say listen to what really resonates. Like what is resonating with you and embrace that. Like go for that. If it doesn't work, that's okay. My dad always says that you shouldn't live with any major regrets because the ma you made the best decision you had with the information you had at the time and that's yeah. all that impor is important. You learn, you grow, you keep moving forward and that's awesome. Maybe you would have made a different decision, but it's okay. You needed to go through that process to learn what it is you needed to learn. So there's so much in that. Oh, I'm sure I would love your dad. I love that concept. He's pretty awesome. <laughs> I think it would help to have a, maybe some tools of how we can use these things you've been talking about, boundaries and routines. Like what are some practical things we can do to create these healthy boundaries? So one of the things that I really believe we don't do enough that we should do more of is create our schedule, create our routines around the things that we love doing, because there's certain times of the day, right, that you like working out. There's certain times of the day that you want to just sit and chill and do nothing. There are certain times of the day that it's more effective for you to do your homework, to do your work things, whatever, whatever that looks like for you is to figure out when those things are and then to make that time for it. So like I work best in the morning. Like if I can wake up, go downstairs and start working, well, after like everybody's gone, that's my, my best time to work. I get the most things done. And then when I'm done with that, I go take care of all the other things in my world. And I actually want to do those things because I'm not thinking, oh, I wish I could have done my work stuff. I wish I could have done these things because truth be told, I love what I do right now. Like love it. <laughs> so I'm always thinking about it. But instead of feeling like, oh, I, I didn't get to do this thing. Instead, I'm like, it's done. Now I get to go enjoy the time I have with my family, with my friends, whoever it is. I get to embrace that because I've taken care of the things that are calling to me. 
that help me feel fulfilled. And I did them at the time that I knew I was the most productive at them. So they're done. So I think there's really a lot of power in embracing, you know, those moments of figuring out and, and this takes practice, right? You got to tweak it. You can't just, okay, I'm going to set this schedule. It's going to work. And then it, it's not working, like tweak it and try something new uh, because you never know. And it changes depending on what season in life you're in. You, When you're a teen and in high school, your schedule changes and you reevaluate. And then again, when you hit college and then again, um, if you end up when you have a job or you're married or you have kids, whatever it looks like for you, things change and you rotate and you pivot and you keep going. But we, we often get stuck in these excuses that I don't have time for these things that I really love. And there is always time for the things you really love. And it is so important that you get those things in. Even if it's 30 minutes, whatever, 20 minutes of something you love and need, make time for it. It sounds like it's just really important to have self-awareness and to be able to review and reflect on how it's been going and just checking in with yourself consistently. But I want to ask you something about uh, saying no to things. That is not a gift I have. I cannot handle it. I just feel guilty. How do you, how do, you do that? Okay. So saying no th to things comes right back to what we were talking about is if you are wanting to prioritize things, prioritize yourself, be able to show up better for the people in your life, for the other things that you need to do, you have to learn to say no. Because if you are giving your energy to the things that don't bring you happiness and joy, then you're going to create little seeds of bitterness and anger and resentment because you're giving up the things you love for something that you don't. This has been a learning process for me, and I totally relate to those feelings of like guilt and feeling bad. And right now, I've gotten good at saying no, but I always apologize for it. So that's yeah. my thing now is I'm not apologizing anymore for protecting my time and doing the things that speak to me because really, I show up better for everybody else when I say no. It gets easier when you start thinking of it as in, okay, if I say no to this thing, I get to show up better for the things that are really important. Like you have to change the mindset around that about why you're saying no. It's not that you're saying no because you're trying to be mean. It's not, you're not saying no because you don't think it's important or that it's a value. But listen, there's somebody else that's going to say yes that actually wants to do that thing. Hmm. that actually loves it and it gets them excited. And so really you're giving somebody else an opportunity, right? You're providing an opportunity. And if somebody needs you to do something like you're making up for their lack of planning or scheduling and you're feeling guilty, like you need to go bail them out, that's not your issue. And that's taken me a long time to understand too is, oh, and you're not being a jerk. It's just that I'd, I'm not here to bail you out. And sometimes, yes, I get to, and it works out great, and it's a happy, but it, it doesn't mean it always has to be what you do. So it's so important that you say no to the things that aren't fulfilling you, that aren't filling your cup. When you're saying no, or when you're saying yes to all of these things, you're saying no to yourself, and you're sending yourself a message that you're not important enough or worthy enough to be worth this time, to be worth this energy, to put towards yourself. And it really just kind of starts shutting you down until you're not saying yes to anything that lights you on fire. And so it's so important and it is so hard, I know, to kind of do that. But you do have to kind of start figuring out those things. And my thing is, am I excited to go do this? 
my friend messaging me to go do lunch, does that make me excited or does it feel a little bit like a burden? And so when it feels like a burden, I say no. I'm like, hey, I can't make it, but maybe I throw out another date or, but hit me up another time. Now it's just not a good time. And so it's not that you have to like completely eliminate those things, but be aware of how it's making you feel. If it's making you feel overly stressed, then don't do it. Just, just don't. <laughs> and don't yeah. apologize for it. It's so hard. And we so want to be connected to people and help people, but sometimes we just stretch ourselves so thin. I know, and I've, I've recognized this about myself, I really like having at least one social thing a day that's really <laughs> helps to fuel me. But then I'll have some days where I've got like, a lunch and then an afternoon thing and then I've got an evening thing and I always notice by the end of those days I felt like I was running the whole day even though I it was you know relaxing and yeah. enjoying while I was there I feel drained and so I kind of watch for those pile up things and and try to be careful and it's difficult because you want to be a part of so many things especially if you they all do make you individually happy but sometimes it's the compilation or this the situation or whatever and that's so great. When you're saying yes to something, see how you feel before you just say yes. And it's okay to miss out on certain things, even if you would love them because it's, it's making you feel like a burden. I like, I like having that kind of mindset. Brene Brown said that the most compassionate people are the most boundaried people. And I think sometimes we think, oh, this person who says no to things, they're, they're selfish. They don't, they don't do things, but they create those boundaries so they can be their best selves. Yeah. And part of that is if they're saying that, that you're selfish, it's because they're projecting their own issues and their own thoughts around that onto you. It's not that they really think you're selfish most of the time. It's really that they are struggling to with those same thoughts of feeling selfish. And so they're projecting them onto you because they don't know how to set that boundary around that. Yeah, this is great. I got some thinking to do. Once again, thank you for the therapy session. <laughs> That's what podcasting is, right? <laughs> it really is. And I want to listen to all of them. You know, it's, yeah. that, there's just so much good information and so much that I love to do. Same thing. I, I love connection. And, but there are times when you just have to say, what is most important today? Mm -hmm. And then just let the rest kind of go and We'll figure it out. You'll figure it out along the way. Just keep being self-aware and just reflecting and making sure you're doing what feels best to you. Jessica, I seriously just eat up everything you say. I feel like you're so full of wisdom. And I really need to ask you the question we ask all of our guests, which is if you could go back and tell your high school or teenage self one piece of advice, what would it be? I just always think, you know, just embrace it. Like you're doing great. Embrace who you are. Like just lean into that a hundred percent. And I, I felt like I did that as a teen, but that's like the thing I want for my daughter, right? That's the thing I want for the girls that I work with who are teenagers is I just want them to see their value and their worth and to embrace themselves in all of their glory a hundred percent. So just keep leaning into yourself, trusting yourself and be confident in who you are. That's beautiful, Jessica. Jessica, thank you so much for teaching us. We are so grateful to be learning from you. This is definitely a topic we really haven't talked about, so we really appreciate being able to hear from you and learn from you. Would you mind sharing with our listeners where they can find you if they want to learn more from you? Yes. So we are on any podcasting platform under Husband Law, and it is just 
of a different setup. It's we go through and share all of our stories of love, marriage, divorce, coming out, and all the things. Um, and then we are on Instagram at husband-in-law. And then I do have a free gift for you guys today. I have a workbook that's called Change Your Story, Change Your Life. And it's all about switching these mindsets so that we can embrace our routines and our boundaries and ourselves listening to our inner voice so that we get going on this this journey and so you can pick that up i will send you the link so that will be in the show notes so yeah that's where Perfect. you can find me i so appreciate that gift and i know that i'm going to be pulling from it all the time <laughs> because i just really adore you and i feel like i need to hear more of what you have to say so thank you for sharing that with us and thank you so much for your time jessica we had a great time with you today yeah, thanks for having me. Gab Wireless is our favorite company for providing the perfect first phone for your teen. It has 14 essential apps, looks like a smartphone, has everything they need without all the stuff they don't. To learn more, click on the link in the show notes. When you use our link, it helps support the podcast. So thank you so much.